0: Hey, great to see you. Did you know that there are over 7,000 promises in the Bible? Crazy, huh? You can actually get a Bible that has them listed in the back. In fact, there are several books published that are just listing the 7,000 plus promises that are recorded in scripture. That might be a good Christmas gift to somebody. It might be a great addition to your own personal library. The famous evangelist D.L. Moody once said, God never made a promise that was too good to be true. That's right. There are many things to rest in, but wait, let's, let's talk about rest for just a second. When I talk about rest, I mean to relax in, to refresh in, to recover strength in, to be inactive in order to regain health and energy, that kind of, rest we can find rest in many things but there is no rest finer than the rest that's found in the promises of God three boys in Sunday school class were asked to define faith and one said faith is taking hold of God and the second boy said faith is holding on to God and the third one said faith is not letting go those boys were right about faith, but rest, rest is another matter. Spiritual rest finds its strength not in what we do, but in what God has done. It's an important part of our walk with Jesus. Without spiritual rest, in what God will do, in what God is doing, in what God has done, without our complete rest in him, there is no strength, health, or energy to be found spiritually, to be found internally. We need this rest to be refreshed on the inside, in the heart and soul and mind. This is our next leg on meditation in this Advent series. Last week, we encouraged each other to stop and know that days are coming when God will bring relief. This week, the word is rest, an encouragement to rest in God's promises. Look at our verse that we are building this Advent season on, Jeremiah 33:14. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will fulfill the good promise. I made to the people of Israel and Judah. God has a long track record of making and fulfilling promises to his people. In order to find spiritual rest, let's make a little adjustment to those boys' definition of faith. This will be our definition of spiritual rest. We rest in the promise that God, took hold of us. The word picture that is painted in the beginning of Paul's letter to the Ephesian church plant is absolutely breathtaking from the message. Long before he laid down earth's foundations, he had us in mind, had settled on us as the focus of his love, to be made whole and holy by his love. Long, long ago, he decided to adopt us into his family through Jesus Christ. What pleasure he took in planning this. He wanted us to enter into the celebration of his lavish gift-giving by the hand of his beloved son. I tell you, this promise of God's plan to adopt us into his family is one of the sweetest of all truths that we can rest in. But God hasn't only taken hold of us from the past. He also holds on to us in the present. Adoniram Judson, the famed missionary to Burma, is a person worth reading about. He discovered this rest, God holding on to him through it all. He spent long, tiresome years translating the Bible for the Burmese people. He would live and serve in Burma for six years before ever leading anyone to Christ, before his first convert. Amazing. He at one point was thrown into prison because of his work, and during his time there, his wife passed away. After his release, he contracted a serious disease that sapped what little energy he had left. He served in Burma for 38 years before he went on home to heaven. What possibly would sustain somebody in that kind of a hard life? Well, he had a quote that answered that. He said, The future is as bright as the promises of God. I don't know. Do these promises take you to a place of rest? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Or how about this one? I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. What about this one? The Lord won't leave his people nor give up his children. Could rest be found in promises like that? Absolutely. Adronium Judson knew personally of God holding on to him, so of countless others. But the lasting rest to be found is in God's refusal to let go. One of my golfing heroes is Paul Azinger. At 33 years old, he had just won the PGA championship. He had already belted 10 tournament victories. And it was that year that he was diagnosed with cancer. He wrote about it. Listen to what he says. A genuine feeling of fear came over me. I could die from cancer. Then another really hit me even harder. I'm going to die eventually anyway, whether from cancer or something else. It's just a question of when. Everything I had accomplished in golf became meaningless to me All I wanted to do was live. It went on in the article to say that he remembered something that Larry Moody, a man who teaches a Bible study on tour, this guy had told him, Zinger, you're not in the land of the living going to the land of the dying. We're in the land of the dying trying to get to the land of the living. Zinger recovered from chemotherapy and returned to the PGA tour. He'd done pretty well. But that bout with cancer changed him. He wrote, I've made a lot of money since I've been on the tour and I've won a lot of tournaments, but that happiness is always temporary. The only way you will ever have true contentment is with Jesus. He said, I'm not saying that nothing ever bothers me and I don't have problems, but I feel like I've found the answer to the six-foot hole. Isn't more rest to be found in the fact that Christ changes the destination to the land of the living? I mean, would you rather die now and live forever or live now and die without hope? Look how one man put it. The Bible is full of God's promises to provide for us spiritually and materially, to never forsake us, to give us peace in times of difficult circumstances to cause all circumstances to work together for our good and finally to bring us safely home to glory. Not one of these promises is dependent upon our performance. They are all dependent on the grace of God given to us through Jesus Christ. To be in Christ is to rest not in the problems that are temporary but in the solutions that are eternal kind of like the plaque that hung in the tax accountant's office. People came in all nervous and and they'd read on the wall, not to spoil your ending, but everything's going to be okay. (laughs) That's worth resting in. In the late 19th century, Christina Rossetti, a devoted follower of Christ, volunteered for many years at St. Mary Magdalene, a house of charity. Specifically, it was a refuge for women coming out of a life of prostitution. In the Victorian era of her day, economic hardships were such that some women thought that their only answer to make ends meet was to sell their body. And I use the term women loosely because some of them were only 12 years old. Rossetti ministered to these women, introduced them to Christ, helped them find jobs, and many of which, much of which, she did through her poetry, her writing. One of the poems that she wrote in 1872 didn't even appear until after she had passed away, and 30 years after that, it was set to music. The song was titled A Christmas Carol. Today, we know it as in the bleak midwinter. The carol pictures a savior who entered our world of suffering and brokenness, a world much like the bleak midwinter of Rossetti's native England. The song declares that heaven cannot hold nor earth sustain our Lord Jesus Christ and yet a stable place and a manger full of hay was enough for him. And in light of Christ's great power and love, Rossetti's poem asks, what can I give him, poor as I am? Now this question would have penetrated the hearts of those struggling to come out of that life of prostitution with their broken lives. What could they give? But Rossetti's poem gives the only answer that any of us can give because It doesn't matter the background, or the education, or the occupation, or the social status, or the sin record. (laughs) Whether a shepherd or a wise man, I would do my part. The only thing any of us have to give, the only thing that God wants, is that we would give our heart.